You're listening to the CryptoCast Podcast. Welcome to the Crypto and Blockchain Talk. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hola. Hello. Namaste. Nihau. Hello. Salut. Yassas. Salve. Ciao. Bonjour. Our podcast talks about the latest trends in the worlds of cryptocurrencies and the blockchain. Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of Crypto and Blockchain Talk. As you can tell by the title of these broadcasts, blockchain is the latest tech craze, and it has attracted a lot of attention. Before blockchain, computers operated in a client-server relationship, where one central authority, which is the server, is contacted by a client, which is your laptop or your phone, your tablet, whatever, and it is requested to send back information. An example of this is when you use Netflix. So your TV, which is a computer, connects to a Netflix server, which has preloaded movies and shows for you to choose from. Once you select your show, it then streams the video content to you. And that's fine until Netflix removes the show you want to watch and you let out a big sigh. Well, their contract for sharing that show has expired. Not that they needed to tell you, of course, or they possibly needed the space to upload a new show. All of this is just too bad for you. But what if there was infinite space, lots of bandwidth, anyone could upload a movie or TV show, and nobody was in charge, so your favorite show could never get removed? Does this sound too good to be true? Well, this is essentially what the blockchain is, a network of ordinary computers sharing resources and all working together with no master. The only control is the code shared by these computers, which makes the blockchain. Every blockchain or network of computers is designed to do something different. There are video distribution service blockchains being created right now. But there are many different uses for this technology and ways to go about creating this network. No one way is perfect right now, and there is a huge race to evolve into the best overall solution for the future. To have a blockchain, computers that are called miners must create new blocks, which are then accepted or rejected by the network. Blocks are rejected if they are invalid or malicious or incomplete. There have to be certain rules and guidelines set in place in order for the network to function properly. It wouldn't make sense if a Netflix blockchain suddenly allowed someone to upload a book or even a podcast. Before we go any further, what is an algorithm? Computers know what to do as they have written lines of instructions called code. And before you can write code, you need an algorithm. Basically, an algorithm is a list of rules that are needed to be followed in order to solve a problem or give a solution. As already stated, before blocks can be added to the blockchain, they have to be validated. There are many different types of block validation, or in tech terms, consensus algorithms. These algorithms are the cornerstones for every network, and keep the network in harmony and not in chaos. Blockchain has many characteristics, which include decentralization, stability, 
security, and non-modifiability. And the consensus algorithm plays a crucial role in maintaining the purpose, safety, and efficiency of each blockchain. None of the consensus algorithms are exactly the same, although a few share similar concepts. In this podcast, we are going to give a brief overview of the top 10 most used algorithms and a sample of which popular blockchains use them. The first algorithm we will cover is proof of work. And this consensus algorithm is used by Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Monero blockchains. Bitcoin's founder created proof of work where miners configure their computers to solve very intense puzzles competing to create the next block. When the computers solve that puzzle, which is about once every 10 minutes, they are given a reward in coins. In other words, Bitcoins. Bitcoin has become so valuable that entire countries are setting up huge factories to create blocks and claim rewards. Places that have free power have a tremendous advantage as the machines required to mine these blocks suck up an unbelievable amount of power. A decommissioned power plant in Australia was recently purchased solely for the purpose of Bitcoin mining. Video cards from NVIDIA and AMD have also been in exceptional demand. They are selling above the manufacturer's suggested retail price and often sell out on the same day a retailer has them in stock. The pros of proof of work are that anybody can make money from their idle computer. The amount depends on which coin and the type of computer and the cost to power it. But when you're competing with specialized mining hardware, it may not be even profitable to try. The cons are that it is slow and blocks occur every few minutes or whatever that code defines. For instance, Bitcoin is every 10 minutes. It's very un-eco-friendly and many profitable coins are now dominated by huge companies that have sprung up for the sole purpose of mining these coins. If any one or two companies have more than 51% of the hash rate, and you can think of hash rate like the blockchain speed, they are essentially now in control of the chain. They could infuse a new code with different rules, causing the chain to split, with many network nodes configured automatically to stay with the biggest chain. And this is known as a chain fork, or quite simply, just a fork. The second consensus algorithm is called proof of stake, and this is used by NEO, Dash, and Navcoin blockchains. Instead of mining, people who hold the coins belonging to the network have the option of being minters. A designated third party creates the blocks and then the minters run the software on their computers that act as validators. It's much less energy intensive and requires no special hardware, just coins. The more coins you have staked into that blockchain, the higher the chance you have of being selected at random to validate the block. The pros are that any coin holder can be a validator. That is if you are willing to lock up your coins and not spend them. 
It is much more energy efficient and much faster. Now you can have several blocks per minute. Proof of stake is much safer as to perform a 51% attack, you would need to have 51% of all the coins and attacking the network would only cause your own investment to be depleted. The cons of proof of stake are that your coins are locked up in a deposit when you are minting, but you can pull them out at any time. There are some complex theoretical ways to still attack this type of network. As in proof of work, the system is designed so the rich get richer, but not so directly. The third consensus algorithm is delegated proof of stake, which is used by EOS, BitShares, and LISC. There is a major difference in this system as compared to the previous two listed. Instead of everybody having a chance at validating a block, only a small number of machines on the network are selected by a vote. This way, it is much easier for a handful of computers to talk to one another, to compare blocks and validation, and in a much more efficient way. If one validator starts to fail, they are voted out of circulation and replaced by another computer on the network. Instead of miners competing with each other in DPoS, they all work together to solve the block puzzle, creating blocks much, much faster. The pros of delegated proof of stake are that it is fast and blocks take less than one second to be created. The entire network is working together instead of against each other. This type of network is much more easily expanded since it is much more inclusive. The cons of delegated proof of stake are that this system is partially centralized and controlled and it is fairly new and untested against attacks. The fourth type of consensus algorithm is proof of authority, which is used by POA network and Ethereum's Coven testnet. This consensus algorithm is pretty much the same as the client-server relationship. There is one authority in charge of everything and the clients can just read the information if they are allowed. This is best used in private corporate chains. Additional conditions to become an authority can be specified, including identity management and verification. In contrast to the previously mentioned algorithms, where the only identity in the network is often a wallet address or IP address or port. The pros of proof of authority are that it is fast, reliable, and trusted. The cons of proof of authority are that the community has no vote or control. The creator of the chain can implement updates, or the lack thereof, at will. The fifth consensus algorithm is proof of activity, which is used by Decred. This is a combination of both proof of work and proof of stake. Currently, only Decred uses it, and the pros and cons remain to be seen. The sixth consensus algorithm is proof of burn, and this is used by Binance Coin, Counterparty, and Slimcoin. Instead of being rewarded for solving puzzles, you are supposed to send coins to an irretrievable address to be lost forever. The concept is by decreasing the supply of coins, the value of the remaining ones increase. 
More often than not, the process of burning coins is something done by the developers rather than the community. Blockchain ICOs often burn any unsold tokens remaining as they cannot be allocated to any other area in an honest way. Binance burns some of its profits every quarter to ensure its coin gains value. The pros of proof of burn are that scarcity drives the value of the remaining coins up. The cons of proof of burn are that you lose the coins you burn forever, and it helps the ecosystem, but not so much you. There is no direct reward for burning coins. The seventh consensus algorithm we will cover is proof of elapsed time, which is used by Hyperledger Sawtooth. Every participant in the network is assigned a random time in each block. Whoever's time runs out first gets to create the next block. Clients on this network must be identified and their code must have passed verification trust to avoid simply exploiting the time on your network node to trigger sooner. The pros and cons are yet to be determined. The eighth consensus algorithm is directed acyclic graph, and it is used by IOTA, Hashgraph, and Nano. Participants in this network that want to send a transaction are first required to do a small proof of work in which they verify two previous transactions that occurred before. In theory, this tangle can accelerate to near instant speeds. Unlike traditional servers, the more users that are logged on, it gets faster instead of slower. Each of the networks has their own unique take on how to organize transactions, so read into each project more if you desire more knowledge. The pros of directed acyclic graph are that it is extremely fast once it gets going. The cons are that with little activity, transactions will not get processed. Instead of 51%, only 33% of active traffic is required to take over this kind of network. The ninth consensus algorithm we will cover is Byzantine fault tolerance, which is used by Ripple, Stellar, and dispatch. There are pre-selected validators which are in charge of the network. No miners or community contributors are required. With that said, Stellar allows anyone to become a validator, while Ripple itself decides who validates blocks on their network. These are centralized services using blockchain technology, and this is an important point worth repeating. These are centralized services using blockchain technology. The pros are that they are very fast private networks. And the cons are you're merely using their system. You're not really being part of it. The 10th consensus algorithm, and our last one today, is proof of space or proof of capacity. And it is used by Burst. Although only one coin currently uses this, it is a fantastic algorithm. It allows people to mine using spare hard drive space instead of CPU and GPU cycles. Your hard drive space is filled up with small amounts of random files that act like lottery tickets. 
The network selects a winner every defined number of seconds or minutes and gives them a coin reward. It takes tiny fractions of energy, around 5 watts, to power a hard drive, compared to over 100 watts of a single GPU or 1,200 watts of an ASIC, which is specialized mining hardware developed just for Bitcoin and other major coins. There are still many more algorithms out there to cover, which we will do in future podcasts, and these include proof of importance, proof of reputation, proof of weight, proof of evolution, tendermint, Casper, distributed Byzantine fault tolerance, and Spectre. So if you're thinking of creating a blockchain of your own, continue your research as it will be time well spent. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Crypto and Blockchain Talk. Please follow us on Twitter and Facebook and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Again, we look forward to having you as our listener again. Thank you so much and have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the CryptoCast podcast. Stay tuned in for more episodes.